Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well inside field goal range, lofted up. Godwin, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Godwin. Wow. Uh, Dallas got beat by 16, although it could have been a lot worse. Philly got beat by 23 last night, and it should have been worse. Baker Mayfield had seven passes dropped in the game, a game in which he was 22-36 of 36 for 337 and three touchdowns in the 32-9 win over the Eagles. Uh, we just had Brad Spielberger on the show from PFF, and we talked a little bit about this game. And I'll be brief because I want to get to some of the other games that we haven't gotten to <clears throat> from the weekend. But he hit it dead on. This team looked lifeless. You know, there was that one moment where when Jalen Hurts hit Devontae Smith. Smith was the one guy that really seemed to be balling out for Philadelphia on that bomb, and they scored on the next play, and then they went for the two after the offsides on the extra point, and they got stopped on the tush-push, although the brotherly shove did show on, on the replay that Jalen Hurts had his face mask ripped, and it should have been called. But other than that, I I can't remember seeing a worse tackling performance and a more uninspired performance defensively than Philadelphia's. They were lucky they didn't get beat 50-9 to because of the dropped passes uh, in the game. Um, there is something about Tampa that I do think gives them a chance at Detroit. And what it is, Denton, is... Rashad White's ability to run the football, we've been talking about him all year. He has been a weapon for them. Um, Mayfield, you know, he's a bit streaky. Remember, he had the first ever perfect passer rating for a visiting team at Lambeau uh, this year um, in their win over the Packers uh, back in, you know, December, early to mid December. Uh, which was a huge game for them to win to 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 get towards the NFC South title. But um, I love the way Bowles schemes it up. I love the way he comes with pressures. There were multiple pressures last night where Hertz and Philly had no answers for it. Jay Gruden's tweet last night was not wrong. I mean, 
it it certainly garnered this incredible response and back and forth with RG3, which we'll get to maybe a little bit later on uh, this hour. But he wasn't wrong. That was an embarrassing offensive performance in terms of dealing with the pressure. And Bowles, who I've always loved and I always have felt defensively, he you know is a really really bright coordinator. Man, he had Philadelphia off balance all night, and there never seemed to be answers. Never seemed to be a quick check down, you know, a quick hot somewhere, um, and they got beat. I, 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 for whatever reason, I was thinking at halftime when they got it back to sixteen to nine. I'm like, it is Baker Mayfield. You know, he may take a sack. He may put one up for grabs. You know, who knows? Um, I also felt like Philadelphia would try to run the football a little bit more, but they just didn't. Uh, and they got exited out of the postseason pretty quickly, um, losing five out of their last six in the regular season and being um, pummeled uh, by Tampa Bay. I mean, keep something in mind just in, in thinking about how bad Philadelphia's defense was. I mean, Tampa really at times struggled to score this year. And their clinching, NFC South clinching game in Week 18, they could only score nine points against the Panthers in a 9 to nothing win. Um, there were other games that they played well. They were a bit streaky. But for the most part, you know, they weren't consistent on offense. Philadelphia was consistent with a bad defensive football team, really bad defensive football team, uh, which was apparent early on in the season when they played Washington. Tampa is a six-point dog at Detroit Sunday. I actually, out of the underdogs playing this weekend, I actually like them more than any of the other dogs. San Francisco is a 10-point favorite over Green Bay. Baltimore is a nine-point favorite over Houston. And Buffalo is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, meaning KC is a two-and-a-half-point dog at Buffalo. I actually like Tampa plus the six and give them a chance Sunday. What do you think? Well, one, I'm stunned by that line for Green Bay and San Francisco. I thought it would be a touch. Ten is ten in a playoff game is insane. I think I like Detroit, though. I think I, I was really impressed with the, the way that Detroit played, at least in the first half against Los Angeles. They need to clean some things up a little bit, but uh, I, I'm intrigued with uh, with Detroit. Yeah, I just uh, it's going to be interesting to see Todd Bowles go head-to-head with Ben Johnson um, on Sunday in that game. We saw Raheem Morris do it with uh, Ben Johnson on Sunday night, and we'll see Bowles and Tampa do it uh, at Detroit. All right, um, we've talked about the Dallas game in detail. We've talked about the Philly game. Let's go through the other four games. The game that got moved, first of all, as much as I am old school when it comes to weather and wanting to see these games and the elements and looking forward to this time of year with the cold weather cities hosting with the possibility of some cold weather, Sunday's game was not doable. If you were following the Buffalo, the Western New York situation, the South Towns in particular as they refer to them up in that area, which includes Orchard Park, it was a true blizzard with a travel ban. You weren't legally, unless it was for emergency purposes, allowed to leave your home and travel. 
So they couldn't play that game Sunday at 1 o'clock in Orchard Park. Uh, There were blizzard conditions. It was really more than anything else. Yes, the amount of snow, which ultimately they were in the 2 to 3 feet range, but it was the 60-mile-per-hour winds. Uh, It would have been magical to watch on television, but they couldn't have gotten anybody there. And then, so I didn't really have any issue with them moving it. In fact, I thought there was a chance even yesterday's game, and they were talking about this because of snow removal. Um, You saw, if you saw some of the early portions of the day before the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game, people trying to shovel out seats. They just couldn't get the, the stadium seating shoveled out. The field looked great. And Buffalo, I got it, man, Tomlin's team. So I, it was 21 to nothing in this game, um, and it, it looked over. And then there was a blocked field goal, and it seemed to change the game in the moment. And Mason Rudolph started to make some plays. I don't know how because I'm not overly impressed, but he started to make some plays like he had down the stretch. You know, they ran the football a little bit with Warren and Harris, and it was 21 to 7. And then, you know, the thing that drives Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you know, like our our guy Big Tony, about Tomlin more than anything else, the biggest criticism of him hasn't been overall leadership, mentorship, organizational, you know, managerial talent, etc. It is his in-game strategy, specifically when it comes to score and clock. And at the end of the first half, um, this was bad. I mean, this was clock management 101. You know, anybody that watches football, anybody, I hate to say this, that plays Madden enough, understands that when you sack a quarterback with 45 seconds to go and you're down 21-7 and you're not getting the ball back to start the second half, uh, the opponent that you're trailing by 14 is, and their punter is hurt, he has pulled a hamstring and may not punt again. You've got three timeouts left. You have to be on top of it, man. You've got to immediately call a timeout. You sacked him, you know, back to the to the thirty-one yard line. It was second and seventeen. You got a chance to watch a punter that can barely walk come out onto the field with about thirty-eight seconds to go. If you get them off the field. Now, it is Buffalo. They're capable of picking up a second and 17. I understand that. But you're down 21-7, and they're going to get the ball to start the second half. And I agree with the Steeler fans over the years, as much as I'm a Tomlin fan, because he's just such a tremendous motivator and leader. And all of that stuff, really, at the end of the day, on the positive list, outweighs some of the negatives. One of the negatives has been over the years, he's oblivious to some of this stuff. You just cost your team a possession. You cost your team a chance to see a punter who had a hamstring injury come out and try to punt a football in a game that all of a sudden you got a little momentum in. That is horrendous. Uh, and Romo was out of his mind to suggest he thought it was okay. You could hear Nance saying, really? You second and 17, you're down 21-7? You got a punter that's hurt? That was insane. Um, but still, they were down 21 nothing, and they fought back to 24-17. And then I thought on the PAT, they called a, a personal foul 
on the PAT, which led to a kickoff from the 20-yard line after they closed it to 24-17. And by the way, there were still 10-plus minutes left in the game. They had the momentum. I didn't think they were going to win the game, but I was just impressed, as I'm always impressed with Tomlin, that his teams just rarely go away. Um, and then they kicked it off from the 20. It didn't kill him that much field position-wise on the return. I just thought it was a terrible call. I actually thought Buffalo got every call in that game. I thought Pickens, who complained about it, got mugged a couple of times with no flags. But Buffalo moves on. Josh Allen's 52-yard touchdown run was insane. He's you Could you make the case right now that he is the best player and the most impactful player remaining in the postseason? I think you can. Denton, do you have an answer to that? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I, I'm trying to cycle through who I think would be well, the it, most. Mahomes, I, Mahomes I, yeah, has to Mahomes. be the, the 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 option there, but he's not played great this year. I guess Lamar. Lamar. Lamar would be the answer. Yeah, I would say Lamar would be the answer. McCaffrey might be a good answer too. But man, Josh Allen and the Bills—you know—they were basically pronounced dead, season over. When they didn't get it done at Philadelphia, the last legitimate team Philadelphia beat, by the way, Thanksgiving weekend, and they had the Chiefs, Cowboys, Dolphins still left on their schedule, and they ran the table, and now they are the two-seed hosting Patrick Mahomes in his first-ever road playoff game Sunday in Orchard Park, where it's supposed to be chance of snow showers, slight chance, temperatures milder into the 20s versus what it was yesterday. Um, all right, the rest of the weekend. Why don't we go with Kansas City and uh, and Miami next? Brutal, brutal cold. We've seen some cold games. That one looked even colder uh, because of how frozen the turf was. And my God, was Tua out of his element. Um, that's another conversation, the whole Tua Tungavailoa conversation Front runner, Miami a bit of a front runner. They didn't beat a good team other than the Cowboys late in the season all season long. You know, they took that criticism and mocked it at times this year. But the bottom line is their wins were over the Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Giants, Panthers, Patriots, Raiders, Jets, Washington, Jets before their one win over Dallas. And their losses were to the Bills, the Eagles when they were playing better, the Chiefs, the Titans when they blew that two-touchdown lead, the Ravens, and the Bills again. And then they played Miami in a brutally cold weather. I, um, I mean, then they played Kansas City and got beat uh, uh, in the brutal, brutally cold weather. They're certainly not built for that kind of game. Tua looked cold, played cold. Couldn't throw a bubble screen accurately. Couldn't throw an easy swing pass behind the line of scrimmage throw to a running back. Uh, He was horrendous in the game. Uh, Pacheco was great. Mahomes was great. I don't know. Did you see signs that Kansas City can be Kansas City again? I didn't necessarily because it just looked – I had Miami in the game. That That was a loser this weekend. I like Buffalo Sunday at home to beat the Chiefs in Mahomes' first ever 
road playoff game. First blush, what do you say? I, well, I'm excited to see him play on the road. I, I think I'm leaning Kansas City in that one. I love Pacheco. I thought he was awesome. Um, awesome. This weekend, they still have such a big issue with dropping passes. And now it's graduated Travis Kelsey dropping passes yeah, as again. well. I mean, he he should have had at least one touchdown, maybe two, over the uh, uh, over the weekend. I don't know. I wish Miami was good in the postseason. I think that game would have been more exciting. I just I was I was really bummed to be honest. I also had two uh uh thrown two touchdowns at like plus one fifty, so I was a little sad about that too. Yeah. Um. There are two games we haven't talked about. Browns, Texans, Rams, Lions. So, Browns, Texans. Here's the the most – this was at times this year the best defense that we've seen in recent memory in the NFL. Now, there were – as they got more injured during the course of the year, there were moments, you know, where it wasn't great. I mean, the Jets moved the football against them in that Thursday night game. Um they gave up 294 yards and 24 points to C.J. Stroud, Bobby Sloak, the O.C., in the first half of that game. That was unbelievable how off-balance Bobby Sloak had uh, Cleveland and Jim Schwartz in company in that game. Uh, Joe Flacco threw two pick sixes, and most of you know I'm a big Flacco fan in these big games. And he, by the way, was brilliant in the first half. And then he threw a terrible ball, which he will do. And it got returned 77 yards for a touchdown on a on a floater. Um, typically, you won't see that returned. And then on a fourth and two when they were desperate down 31-14, threw another pick six. But that game was lost in the first half by Cleveland's defense, which just got completely riddled uh, by Houston. I mean, when you have nearly 300 yards and 24 points in a half, do you realize that they ended up in the game with 360 yards on just 44 offensive snaps? They averaged over eight yards a play against that Cleveland defense. I know it was banged up, but still, man, um, Cleveland's defense really let the Browns down. And at the same time, how impressive is C.J. Stroud with some of the throws he makes? Nico Collins, Devin Singletary was excellent in this game. Um, Houston goes to Baltimore. They're a nine-point dog. Let me just tell you right now, I, I think that's the game that I'm going to like the most, and that is Baltimore to destroy Houston. I think Houston's a great story. I think Stroud is clearly um, the offensive rookie of the year. I think D'Amico Ryans has done a phenomenal job, don't get me wrong, and Houston's got a bright future. This is a road game, cold weather, in M&T Bank against an absolute juggernaut. I think this has 34-10 to 10 written all over it. Denton, what do you think? I'm I'm way more optimistic about Houston than you are. I don't think they're going to win. Like I think Baltimore is going to come away with a victory, but I do think C.J. Stroud's going to continue to play well. I mean, think about it. Like with Tua, that dude's a, he's a Southern guy playing in that cold. He he's not built like that. But C.J. C.J. played at Ohio State, so he should be used to playing in the uh, in the cold. I, I think they'll they'll go out there. They'll put up some points. I don't know if they're going to keep it. Um, what what's the line on that? What is it eight? 
Uh, eight and a half, nine, pretty eight much. Eight and a half, nine. So I think I think they'll they'll if it's nine, I think they'll cover eight. Eight and a half, I'm not sure, but if it's nine, I definitely think they'll I think they'll cover it. So I'm I'm optimistic about Houston. I think what we saw from them uh, against um, Cleveland and how they kind of just neutralized Miles Garrett. That to me, Kevin, was the most shocking thing of that whole that whole game. It felt like in the second half or, or when the game was still at least somewhat competitive, Miles Garrett just wasn't a huge factor in that one. I think Houston will make it a little closer with Baltimore. What was amazing about that game was he wasn't the factor he's been all year, and people, just like in the Green Bay-Dallas game, people were running wide open. And like the game last night, there were multiple drops. Dalton Schultz had a big 30-plus yard play early on one of the only drives they punted on early uh, and and dropped it. Um, So... Uh, yeah, they went they went field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown to end the first half and ended up with 294 yards of offense and 24 points against a defense that at times this year looked like one of the greatest defenses we've seen in the last 10 years. Um, then lastly, the Sunday night game was the only true close game, competitive game of the weekend. Uh, and it was a really good game. The, the first thing I want to say about Detroit Rams, man, that was a crowd. That thing popped through the television. That the, uh, Tarico, who does a lot of big games and has over the course of his career, and I know he's a Michigan guy, he said he has never been in a stadium like that. Three quarters filled, he said, an hour before kickoff. It it took me back, and I've mentioned this many times, the Washington-Dallas NFC Championship game in January of 83. I was at that game, as many of you were, three quarters to near full an hour before kickoff chanting, we want Dallas. The Detroit fans have been long-suffering but devoted fans, and I was just happy to see them, and I was rooting for the Lions. Now, I had the under in the game, and I had Detroit. I don't know how that game stayed under. Um, And the Lions did not cover. Two and two smell test weekend. Uh, But that game in the first half, and even in the second half, I thought the quarterbacking was so good. I thought Stafford was an absolute warrior. How was he allowed back in that game so quickly when his eyes were rolling in the back of his head? I don't know. I'm assuming they took him into the tent and gave him a concussion test. But he's a badass. He's so good. And Jared Goff, if you give him time in a clean pocket, he can riddle you. I thought Montgomery was great. I thought Amon Ross St. Brown was terrific as he's been. And then maybe the best player on the field was Puka Nakua. And I did think that that last drive for the Rams down 24-23, fourth and 14 after a third down incompletion to Nakua, where on that play there was defensive holding, defensive pass interference, and also a late hit. None of which were called on third and fourteen. It's the playoffs. You're on your on the road, and maybe it needs to be more egregious than that. But it was pretty much the only ball he couldn't haul in. Uh, and I thought at fourth and fourteen, with one timeout left, Sean used two timeouts in the second half on offense, um, on third and longs too. 
Uh, I actually thought Denton in that moment, and I and, and it wasn't that it was a slam dunk in my mind, but I'm like with one timeout, fourth and fourteen at the Detroit forty-four yard line. I think you got to go for it because the yardage that you're going to get with the punt still doesn't change the fact that they are one first down away from ending this game, and you can't you can't put them into the, into that position. I know that the defense had come up better in the second half. But I think with Nakua on the field, with Matt Stafford, I think you got to go for that fourth and 14. And they didn't. They punted it, and they never saw the ball back, um, especially, too, considering what Dan Campbell is, which is, you know, even if the punt goes inside the 10-yard line, he's not – he's trying to end the game on offense. And uh, the Lions held on 24-23 in what was by far and away the most competitive game and really the only competitive game of the weekend, even though the Steelers did get that lead to seven. But Detroit, uh, Tampa, Baltimore, and Houston, KC, Buffalo, and then you get San Francisco and Green Bay. Who had Green Bay and Tampa Bay and Houston in the final eight? Not many. Um, Denton's News when we come back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, it's getting colder. Uh, the snow was nice. More snow later this week. Cold weather coming. There might be a brief warm-up end of next week, and then it gets cold again end of the month into February. If your windows are 10 years or older, you need new windows. You're paying heating bills that are way too high. Uh, you're paying air conditioning bills in the summer that are way too high. Your home doesn't look as good as it should. If you've been thinking about new windows, just give Window Nation the first shot. I promise you it will work out. And right now, with winter here and people looking to add new windows, they're giving you a reason to do it, an incentive to do it. 0% interest rates for five years. 50% off all styles of windows. Now's the time to protect your family from the elements, lower your energy costs, and upgrade the look and feel of your home. Uh, imagine doing some sort of financing deal for five years without paying any interest. You're not going to pay interest until the year 2029, and you're paying half price on the windows to begin with. 
Uh, Window Nation installs year-round, including replacing windows room by room to maximize your comfort during their one-day installs. They come into your home, they do this, they leave your home in better condition when even before they arrived in your home. The average installer has over 16 years' experience with over 20,000 windows installed. Uh, This is the company you want to work with, and if you mention my name, they're going to take good care of you. They love this show. I've been an endorser of Window Nation for 14 years, and I promise you this will work out. It starts with calling them at 866-90-NATION or going to windownation.com, mentioning my name, and you'll get a free estimate. Just get the free estimate. Shop the deal if you want to. I don't think you'll work with a better company, with a better product, or for a better deal right now. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. Mention my name, Kevin Sheehan, that I sent you. All right, let's get to Denton's news. Hitting the news you might have missed, it's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton, what do you got? All right, we're going to start with the uh, the piece of news that I think has blown up our Twitter uh, mentions, at least. I woke up to a number of tweets saying, you guys got to talk about this, you got to talk about this. That is, of course, the beef on social media. Jay Gruden and RG3 going at it, trading some barbs back and forth. Now, you told me Brian's involved in this somehow, Brian Mitchell. Yeah, so B-Mitch, how's he involved? B-Mitch got involved in this as well. So I think it started with Jay Gruden and RG3, and then B-Mitch responded to a tweet from Jay Gruden, to which Jay Gruden then clapped back at Brian Mitchell saying he's just a punt returner, he needs to be quiet, and then B-Mitch said he was better at his job than Jay's been at any of his jobs, and that's where that one left. So what started this was Jay making you know, a an observation during the Philadelphia-Tampa Bay game last night which, by the way, I think was a spot-on observation. That's my personal view. Um, The observation was simply that, quote, if I ever put a quarterback through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz, exclamation point. This is one of the big things that was being talked about by everybody, including on the Manning cast last night. What are you doing? Why can't you deal with this blitz? Where are the options for Jalen Hurts? Now, the other big storyline was just how bad they were on defense and the the terrible tackling. But I think Jay's observation was spot on, and he didn't say, I never put a quarterback through it. He said, if I did, I apologize. Uh, To which then... You got RG3's response. Uh, RG3's response was, quote, say what? Ex- uh, question mark, question mark, question mark, with one of these snapshots of RG3 uh, tipping his head and his glasses down, looking like, you're talking about what? Well, he w- what he was talking about, again, was, if I ever did this, I apologize. He didn't say that he had never done it um to which jay responded you weren't prepared robert uh and then robert responded you told me you didn't know how to coach a quarterback who could throw and run like me so looks like you weren't prepared jay you know what's so ironic about this is he wanted so badly for the Shanahan regime to be over, for the uh, Shanahans and everybody else that was on that staff to be gone. And so, 
you know, Dan, uh, you know, uh, adhered to to those requests and they brought in Jay and then the hashtags started, you know, this is for us. Hashtag this is for us. Hashtag it's time to go catch our dream. Hashtag we get to do what we want now. Hashtag, you know, after hashtag, you know, always with the know your why. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but that off season, he had gotten rid of the big, bad, terrible guy in Mike and all these people that got him hurt and all these people that were running this college offense and something he didn't want to do. And Jay was going to come in and free him of that. And he did. They didn't run zone read with Jay. They didn't run any of that. But, man, after that first 2014 season, when it got ugly late, and it got ugly early, but when it got er ugly late, and I've talked to Jay about this, you know, his going on record with, I think it was Albert Breer, right? I think it was Albert Breer. And he summarined Robert Griffin III uh, in, in that story publicly to, you know, essentially calling him coddled and entitled and, you know, look, at this point we got to run anything even if it's a quarterback sneak, sneak just so we can get a yard um, because, you know, RG3 was horrendous, you know, in the 2013 and 2014 seasons. You know, we can talk about the injury and the fault and, of course, he was breakable and the injury didn't help. Uh, he was also not a very good quarterback, as witnessed the rest of his career. His other coaches took him on, et cetera, and it just never worked out. But, um, uh, yeah, little beef between Jay and RG3. Look, my advice to Jay would be, D- this guy is such a narcissist. And, by the way, incredibly effective, clearly, with social media. And a very good, as we've talked about in the last couple of years, once he started his broadcasting career, a very good communicator. RG3's got charisma. He's got communication ability. Um, It's why he's on television all the time with ESPN. There is a segment of the sports population that digs RG3 as a media personality, and they don't have sort of the history that a lot of us do with with him here. Um, I find it personally to be completely insufferable. He did something last night on this Monday night show where it seems like every week he's just trying to create a viral moment. And he uh, he demonstrated – by the way, I think sometimes the analysis is, is excellent too. I'm, I'm not – totally critical he's 100% narcissistic and 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 completely i think unaware of of uh, and lacking in self-awareness but i think some of the analysis sometimes is spot on and he was trying to demonstrate what it would be for jalen hurts to play the game with a glove on which jalen did not do with the dislocated middle finger and he put his middle finger up on the pregame show on espn with the glove on and held it there and there was a brief grin, and I knew right when he did it. This is he's doing this so it goes viral, so it's a meme, and he ended up tweeting tweeting it out himself a little bit later on. Um, but look, he was a terrible quarterback after 2012. Um, he had m- multiple chances; it didn't work out with anybody, multiple coaches, etc. It's also true that physically he was never the same. After 2012, it's also true that he was probably going to continue to get injured throughout the rest of his career anyway. He just was injury 
prone. Uh, he was also prone to some really horrendous quarterbacking, as witnessed in 2013-2014 here, um, before better quarterbacking took over. Um, but I don't know. Uh, as far as Jay goes, I don't know. To me, Jay should be above it to a certain degree, but he's been very active on social media this year during the football season. He's done a phenomenal job at picking games uh, on my podcast, 11-5 um, and five against the number all year long. All right, what else do you have? I just wish one final thing. I wish RG3 would be more creative with his viral stuff, like the the, the bird thing that he did last week or uh, last night. Eli what Manning, was the bird? Oh, yeah, you mean the, the, the finger? middle finger. Eli Manning did that like two years ago on the Manning cast. Oh, he did. Yeah, he saw he saw Eli Manning do it. He just wanted his opportunity to get to get in on it. I just want him to be more. If you're gonna do the viral stuff, just be a little bit more creative with what goes viral. You know what I mean? Right. He's always falling behind people. Right. Anyway, listen. W- one one thing is is true. They have they have something in common. J and RG three do. They were both victims to the most toxic uh, situation, football wise and otherwise, in the NFL. Uh, Robert was entitled and coddled and preferred by the owner, which as a young player, it hurt him. Um, and I, you know, I've said this for years. I don't put it all on him. I mean, he's bright. There's no doubt about it. And I'm sure on some level he understood what was going on. But that was the owner's fault first and foremost. And then Jay came into a situation in which previous Hall of Famers and borderline Hall of Famers couldn't make it work. Anyway, continue. All right, so Maryland, your Terps beat Illinois on the road. On the road was huge, by the way, because Big Ten teams aren't losing at home this year. But they beat Illinois on the road 76-67. to I think comfortably, Kevin, this was the best game the Terps have played in a long time. Early in the game, they were down nine. I'm on multiple group texts during Terp hoop games, as I am during Skins games. Um, And I just texted out they were down 20-11, to and I said, they're down nine, but this is by far and away the best they have looked all season long. Now, did I expect them to come back and win the game? No. Uh, They were nine and a half point underdogs at 10th ranked Illinois on Sunday, a place where Maryland's actually done pretty well. Maryland's kind of owned Brad Underwood's Illinois team in recent years uh, and have had some very exciting wins. They won on the road in Champaign back-to-back years in a massive matchup during that 2019-2020 season when Maryland really had the best team and a potential Final Four team under Turgeon. Um, They went there and won. And then the following year, they went there. Illinois was ranked 12th in the country. Ayala had a big game. They won. This was totally unexpected. Maryland has looked horrendous this year. They were down by 12 on Thursday night at home against Michigan. And basically, if you were a Maryland basketball fan, you were saying, it's over. This season's over. This may be the worst collection of talent, the worst collection of talent we've had here in a long time. And then they rallied in the second half, beat Michigan, a team who beat Ohio State yesterday. Um, but was missing a really good player uh, against Maryland. And then somehow they pulled off a stunner at Illinois. And now the season's back on. You know, what? Look, they, were, they were picked to finish third in the Big Ten this year. They were supposed to be anywhere from a four to a seven seed in the NCAA tournament before the year started, and now and now they're you know they're like I think I told you before they 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 they're like a hundred in the net or ninety nine in the net, um, sixty eight in Ken Palm, but they were in the hundreds 
before this win. Big game tomorrow night at Northwestern, a place they haven't played well even when they've won and against a team that is pretty good this year. If they were to get that one and come home against Michigan State, it's season back on. What else you got? All right, final thing for me. Uh, did you see Taylor Swift's jacket in the uh, yes. Miami-Kansas City game? Yeah. Uh, have you read up on that jacket at yeah, all? Some, is it what's-his-face's wife, the fullback for the 49ers' wife? That makes these? It's Kristen Juszczyk who makes these jackets. She made one for Taylor Swift. She also made one for Simone Biles, whose husband plays on the Green Bay Packers, that looked really cool as well. Very different because it wasn't two degrees there. Um, but she's making some really awesome pieces. I remember when I was growing up, Kevin, um, how there was like an NFL shop for women and it was just like all pink stuff and it was like all bedazzled stuff. I think the NFL needs to hire Kristen Juszczyk because she's making like some legit cool things for women and men to wear. I mean, round of applause to her. She is really creative with some of the stuff she was able to do. Well, that's awesome. But how did she ultimately connect with Taylor Swift and provide that to her? I believe this is something she's been doing for a little while now. Okay. And I bet um, Juszczyk and Kelsey probably know one another. They probably connected that way. Um. The game, which, you know, was controversial going in because it was on Peacock, the first ever streamed playoff game. My personal view, uh, and I mentioned it briefly last week, I still think these NFL playoff games are sacred. I think they should be available over the air. I don't think that they should have put the public uh, in that position, especially older people in that position on Saturday night for $110 extra dollars. Uh, I think it comes off as piggish in many ways. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the immediate future of these NFL playoffs or the NFL regular season. But did you see the rating it did? It averaged 23 million viewers on Peacock. Um, it, uh, it, it ultimately, I think it it, it peaked at 27.6 million. And I believe that makes it the most streamed event or show in the history of streaming. Anything, any programming. Um, so there you go. It worked. Uh, I don't know. I, I yeah, it the most streamed live event, excuse me, the most streamed live event in US history. That's a difference, I guess. Um with some uh, of the other programming, but still an amazing, an amazing turnout. And didn't it didn't hurt that she and her fans uh, knew that she would be there uh, rooting for her guy. What else? Anything else? That's all I got for you. Okay. Uh, quick blush looking at the divisional round games when we come back. Don't forget, Adam Peters, 2 p.m. presser, will carry it live right here on the Team 980. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts couple things real quickly. Uh, number one is this. I want everybody to know that on February 2nd at 8 p.m., you can come out and meet all of us from the station and all the guys from 106.7 The Fan. We're hosting a 106.7 Team 980 live event Friday, February 2nd, 8 p.m. at the Bethesda Theater. We'll be on stage debating sports topics, laughing, telling behind-the-scenes stories. We want you to be there. I'll be able to hang out with a lot of those of you that I have not met, see some of the familiar faces that I haven't seen in a while uh, from our station. I'm going to be there. Chris Russell will be there. Hoffman will be there. I I would assume others. I hope Doc's there. Uh, The Junkies, Grant and Danny, B. Mitch and Finley also uh, will be there. It's presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. You've got to go to BethesdaTheater.com to get your tickets today. Uh, I, I, looking forward to it. Denton, you're going to be there with me. Um, this this will be a fun night uh, to hang out with a lot of you guys, answer questions, uh, but really just hang out and see some faces, put some faces to voices, uh, see some faces that I haven't seen in a long time. It seems over the last couple of years, just haven't seen as many of you. Um, a lot of reasons for that, um, but can't wait to see some of you and meet uh, others. Again, BethesdaTheater.com, February 2nd. It's a Friday night, 8 p.m. at the be- beautiful Bethesda Theater on Wisconsin Avenue. All of your favorite Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan radio hosts will be there. Um, so there are eight teams left in this divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Obviously, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and Houston being there are the major surprises. No Philadelphia, no Dallas in the NFC uh, is the, you know those are the two biggest surprises there. Um, but my buddy Jay sent me this. Um, thank you, Jay, because obviously a big part of the discourse. Once, you know, Adam Peters holds his press conference at 2 o'clock today, which we will carry live, and they hire a head coach, uh, and they sign some free agents, it'll be about quarterback and what they do with number two. So of the eight remaining teams, just for those of you that say, fifth rounder, stop getting hung up on draft position, Sheehan, enough of that. How about Purdy? How about Dak? How about your boy Kirk and our boy Sam? Eight teams left, seven of the starting quarterbacks, all of whom were the starters to begin this season, drafted in the first round, five of them in the top ten. The two that were outside of the top ten, Lamar Jackson and Jordan Love. The only quarterback starting this weekend that was not selected in the first round was, of course, the needle in a haystack. And it is needle in the haystack kind of a stuff for a day three quarterback to be quarterbacking as well as Brock Purdy's been quarterbacking and deep, this far deep into the postseason. But Brock Purdy is the one that was not selected 
in the first round. Um, just keep that in mind. Uh, I know that Sam played well at times, and I, as I've said, I think Sam looks like an NFL quarterback, uh, but not a quarterback after watching him for 17 games that will regularly put his team into this weekend as a possibility. First blush for me, the games that I like a lot, and smell test will come later in the week, I really like two big favorites this weekend. I like the Ravens and 49ers. I think a lot of people are going to have the Texans and Packers, uh, Denton, um, in teasers. You know, probably the Lions as well in teasers. And I just don't see – I see big-time blowouts on Saturday in particular. But we've got plenty of time uh, to get to these games and pick them the rest of the week. Uh, Thanks to Brad Spielberger from PFF. Thanks to Ben Standing who joined us back tomorrow. Chris is up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 